0: Hello and welcome to The Story, a podcast where great stories are shared and told. Do you love being immersed in drama, romance, and suspense? Do you like to forget about the world you live in and step into someone else's world? Do you like to fall in love with characters that seem so real that you can identify with them and you just can't stop thinking about them? Well, you have come to the right place. This is a podcast that does just that. I narrate my second book, Rise of a Source Survival, where each week I read out a chapter of my book and I encourage other writers to join me in sharing some of the stories they have written. It's all about support and listening to a good story. So join us and embark on a journey of storytelling. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. How are you all today? In the last couple of episodes, I've been giving you a quote. And last week's one was, I can do hard things. I hope you have found this useful and have been using it often. This week's quote is, kindness matters. I love this quote. And it is something that we should remember every day. Doing random acts of kindness can certainly make someone's day and it always leaves you with a feel-good vibe. It can be as simple as letting someone go ahead of you at the checkout, or paying someone a compliment, or giving your pet an extra treat, or being kind to yourself. You may treat yourself to a massage or manicure, or anything that makes you feel good. Being kind to the environment is also another good thing you can do. Plant a tree, or if you eat meat, perhaps try to eat only a plant diet for the week, or for the day if you find it hard doing it for the week. It all helps and goes a long way. I know I enjoy doing volunteer work for a good cause, and my dogs certainly love getting that extra treat. Okay, let's get into the recap of Episode 18, Cursed. We heard that Anja talks Eleanor into moving into a husband's home. Merrick learns that Zuri has been promised to another, and confronts m Z Zuri's brother. Zuri convinces Merrick to ask Eleanor for a divorce. Eleanor is shocked when her husband asks for a divorce and refuses despite Merrick threatening not to finish her home, unless she consents. Anja reveals that Merrick has been cursed by the seer from Shakurta Village, hence the reason why he's been acting so different. She also talks to Eleanor about forgiving Merrick, Eleanor is not sure she can do. Takeo and Ulrich make it to the seer's home and after a day's rest leave for the hidden valley. The asaur are not far behind them and the seer is alarmed at how quick they are catching up to them. Ada uses her powers to help slow down the asaur and Anja reveals Ulrich's soulmate who is Kaya, which brings much delight to all involved. I won't keep you waiting any longer. Get comfy, everybody, and enjoy Episode 19. A vast open plain of grasses lay in front of them before transcending back to forest that made up its way up the foothills of Dorhill Pass. Scene was breathtaking. A summer's blue sky stretched above them and a faint breeze blew ruffling Ada's long white hair. Takeo and Ulrich had organised the people, how the seer had instructed, the slow people in the middle of the group. The seer had addressed the group and told them what had been planned. A sense of anxiety rippled through them as they approached the open plain. There was no forest to protect them, and they felt exposed on the open grasslands. A herd of deer could be seen in the distance, but they did not have time to hunt. The ysaur had started to gain on them, and it was only a matter of time before they caught up. Ada rode up to the seer, her small mare prancing, as she picked up on Ada's nervous energy. "'It is time. Ulrich and Kreer will come with me. I will meet you at the valley. I think it should only be a two-day ride from here, even with the slower ones.' The seer looked at the back of the group and turned his big horse around. Takeo made his way over to the seer and Ada, his face tight with worry. I will lead them. One of the scouts reports seeing the Asaur only an hour away. The other scout has not returned, and I don't think he will. The seer felt fear clutch at him and quickly sent a prayer to the gods. They were getting even closer. He hoped Ada's plan would work or they all would be gone. He made his way to the back of the group with Ada before she demanded that he go no further. Takeo had urged them to move faster and it would not be long before the seer would be left behind if he stayed with Ada too long. You have to trust me. It is our only chance. The seer sighed and nodded. May the gods be with you. He turned his big horse around, leaving Ada with Ulrich and Trio waited until the group was just a small speck up the horizon and as they did, the faint sound of a horn could be heard. They are coming. Ulric looked at his sister, hoping she was able to produce the fire with her hands. She dismounted her pony, handing the reins to Kriya. She walked forward, chanting to the gods. The horn of the assault grew louder and the ground beneath them began to tre- tremble. Kriya exchanged a desperate look at Ulrich, but he only shook his head. They had no other options. Ada walked further and further, and the horn grew louder and louder. Ulric and Kriya walked a little way behind her. The sound of baying h- hounds came next, and it sent a shiver down Ulrich's spine. Again he sent a prayer to the gods, asking for their help. Ada continued to walk, but there was no fire that leapt from her hands. Ulrich's heart began to race, and he sucked in his breath. The urge to flee was beginning to tug at him. An outline of an army approaching could be seen. Another sound from the horn, and the hound's bane increased. They had picked up their scent. Crea's horse stamped his feet and snorted. A musty smell filled the air. Soon Ulrich's gelding began to prance nervously, half rearing as panic filled him. ''Ulrich, maybe we should run. We may be able to outrun them if we leave now.'' Kriya hissed. She was barely able to hold her stallion. Ulrich did not answer her. Instead, he kept his gaze on Ada. Suddenly, the arid smell of smoke filled the air. Fire was coming out of Ada's hands. She held them slightly apart, directing the flames in certain locations, so as the field would quickly catch on fire.'' It was only a matter of time before the plains of open grassland would be blazing. Ulrich and Kriya scanned the distance. The saw had come to a halt. It's working! Ulrich felt relieved. Finally the gods had answered their call. Ada walked in differing directions, ensuring the whole plane was on fire. When she was satisfied, she turned to look for Ulrich and Freya. They waited safely some distance away, watching her. Without warning, the ground began to shake violently. The horses whinnied with fear. What is it? Freya asked out loud, trying desperately to hang on to her horse. Ulric observed the ground as it began to part. They are making tunnels to get to us. Look, he yelled. Kriya could see the earth opening, giving way to movement that ploughed its way underneath. Hold my horse. Ulrich jumped off his nervous gelding, throwing the reins to Kriya. Wait! What are you doing? Ulrich did not answer her. Instead he waited for the split in the ground to widen before making his way inside. Ulrich! No, come back! Kriya called. Kriya desperately looked around for Ada, but could not see her. Flames leaped from grass to grass. Black smoke filled the air. Kriya began to cough as she fervently scanned the plane for the white-haired girl. Where is Ulrich? Priya jumped, startled. She turned in her saddle to find Ada staring at her. Ada, you gave me a fright. He is in there. She turned back to the direction she had just come from pointing to where Ulrich had jumped in the tunnel. Ada kept her face expressionless and Kriya had a feeling that she already knew he'd gone down there and she was seeking confirmation from her. Wait here with the horses, I will go down. I can't use my mind. The devil is close. She did not wait for Kriya to respond but jumped into the open wound of dirt that snaked across the plain. The tunnel was hot from the fire that raged above. Ada waited for her eyes to become accustomed to the gloom before she made her way forward. She trusted her instinct in the direction she took. She could not mind travel. It was too dangerous. Slowly she made her way through the deep passageway and it was not long before she heard the cries of men fighting. A hound bayed above as it picked up on Ada's scent underground. She hoped she could locate Ulrich quickly. The Azor would be intent on on capturing him. They had picked up on his scent. She could hear swords clashing, and as she rounded the corner, she made it her brother locked in battle with three of the Azor. Ulrich had never mastered the sword. Instead, he had become an expert at the bow and arrow and at running away from his enemies. She paused, watching him for a moment, she could see he was struggling it would only be a matter of minutes before he succumbed to the bigger more powerful beasts. She moved so that he could catch her in his peripheral vision. He glanced over at her which almost cost him his arm. The assault turned where, to where Ada stood An evil grin played on their faces the one closest to her tried to run and grab her Ada stepped away. "'Run, Ulrich! Quick!' she yelled, as she danced away again when the other tried to slice her with its sword. "'No, you need to go back to Crea!' he shouted back at her over his shoulder. His arms were beginning to ache, and he longed for his bow and arrow, but he didn't have the time to retrieve them. Ulric, it is not your time. We have to leave together, and now!' One of the Assault lunged themselves at Ulrich, ramming him into the wall of the tunnel. The side of the tunnel began to cave, showering them with dust and dirt. Ulrich, Ada called. She had been temporarily blinded with the rain of dirt. Silence. She called again, but nothing. She waited for the dust to settle before carefully making her way to where she had last seen her brother. The tunnel seemed empty, she made her way further along, almost tripping over one of the Assault. It lay unconscious, unmoving. Ada did not look down. She continued her path. Time was starting to run out. She had to find Ulric and get back to Kria. Still no Ulric. She could not see or hear him. She squeezed her eyes shut and took a breath. She would have to mind travel and quickly... She cast her mind along the tunnel, looking for Ulrich. She could feel another, trying to tap in, but she shut it out. It was like a thousand fingers probing her mind, trying to clasp at the thoughts that were running through it. She shook her head and returned to her physical body. It was no use. The more she travelled, the more dangerous it became. Rest Ada, he is making his way to you. When you have been found, you need to run for your life. It was a voice she had not heard before, one that she did not know. She frowned, but it seemed familiar. She took another deep breath and made the shape of her brother as he limped towards her. He pulled out an arrow, turning, he let it fly, before grabbing Ada. ''Quick, we have to hurry!'' Even though Ulrich was seriously wounded, he was still fast.'' Holding his sister's hand, they raced back to where Ada had left Kriya. Kriya was relieved when she heard their shouts. ''Give me your hand, I'll help you out!'' She leant down, firstly pulling Ada and then Ulrich. Kriya hoisted Ulrich up onto his gilding. His leg poured with blood and he was unable to hold his weight. ''Ulrich, you're wounded!'' ''No time, Kriya. We have to leave. They're after us, so many of them!'' he panted wait they both turned to Ada as she turned back to the tunnel there is something I have to do and it will help slow them down a twisted grin spread across her face as she leant towards the hole that went underground flames burst from her hands and she directed them into the tunnel a roar of pain and shock echoed back to them Ada let off another flame ball. A look of wicked delight crossed her face as she turned and grabbed her mare's reins from Kriya. Now we can go. They rode into the night before Ada forced them to stop. Ulrich was barely clinging to life. So much blood had been lost. She'd found them a small cave hidden in a thicket of vast undergrowth. Kriya, tear some strips off your tunic. You need to change anyway ada instructed ada shook her brother he was barely conscious before you sleep you must drink and eat she grabbed the water skin pouring a trickle from it into ulrich's mouth grabbing the dried meat from her ration pack she tore off a piece chewing it until it was a pulp she spat it into ulrich's mouth forcing him to swallow it she offered him another sip of water before his eyes closed Kriya packed Ulrich's wound with herbs, a sharp gash on his left thigh, while Ada prepared a needle and thread. Lucky he has passed out. It won't hurt him as much, she mumbled, as she worked in closing the wound. How long do you think we will need to stay here? She said, as she watched Ada work. I have a plan, she answered simply. Kriya frowned and waited for Ada to explain. She'd noticed that Ada had started talking like a seer, almost in riddles or short answers that begged for more. When she did not eludicate on what she had just said, Kriya resigned to wait for her to finish stitching up Ulrich's wound. Crea waited for the water to boil to make herself an Ada tea. She ate the dried meat and reflected about the previous day's events. The Assaw had come so close, the thought alone made her heart race. Ada had said she would mind travel to Anja, and to let her know that they needed help. It would take weeks for Ulrich to heal, and they needed a rescue mission. She estimated they were at least another day and half, and a half a ride away. The fire that she had created would slow them down, but it wouldn't be forever they would come after them with even more hatred and fury. She sighed, exhaustion was settling in, and she found it hard to resist it. Ada had ensured they were safe for the moment, which gave her a sense of comfort. Her eyes felt heavy, and the lure of sleep became too much to ignore, as she let herself give into its beck and call. The rain fell heavily on the roof a torrent that turned muddy puddles into small rivers. Eleanor woke and waited for her eyes to adjust to the darkness. She could hear someone moving about the house. Her heart skipped a beat and she chided herself for being so dramatic as her thoughts conjured up frightening images of the Assaw. A soft knock on her door made her get out from her bed. Anja? Yes, dear child, we need to talk. Eleanor quickly opened the door. What's wrong? Enja offered her a smile. Ulric has been hurt. We must send out a rescue party. Eleanor sucked in her breath. How bad is he? Okay. What about Ada and the Seer? Enja pulled Eleanor gently to the bed, making her sit down. The Seer will arrive tomorrow evening. But Ada, Creer, and Ulrich are in hiding. Ulric was cut by one of the Asor. Ada travelled to me tonight. They are, at a, they are about a day or so ride away. Merrick will need to bring a stretcher. Ulric will not be able to ride. Eleanor felt panic grip her, and the desire to run and save her son became almost too much to bear. I will go and tell Merrick. She grabbed her shawl, wrapping it around herself. No need, dear, I have told him in a dream. When the rain eases, he will wake and come here. Now I cannot sleep, so we will go and prepare something for us to drink. Eleanor merely nodded as she left the room. Merrick and a search party of six prepared to leave the village. The rain had stopped and a breeze stirred the night sky. Talit watched the men leave, leave, leave. Merrick still had not forgiven him and he felt the sting of his banishment. "'Are you okay, Talit?' Eleanor came to stand next to him as she watched the riders disappear. He did not answer her straight away, instead focusing on a spot in front of him. I don't think we should be talking, Eleanor. We came close to doing something we shouldn't have, and it has cost me a lot. Let's just stay away from each other. He turned and left, without waiting for Eleanor to reply. Hmm, looks like someone doesn't like you anymore. Eleanor had not noticed Zuri standing next to them, and she took a step back. Zuri smiled with amusement as she saw Eleanor's discomfort with her presence. Does everything have to be about you, Zuri? Do you really enjoy seeing people not liking each other? Zuri let out a wicked laugh. Eleanor, you have been living under a rock. No wonder your husband left you. I pity you. Someone must put things right. The men from your village need waking up. You're too nice. They crave a challenge and drama, and a woman who can give them all that and more. I warned you to be care- careful, dear Al- Eleanor. It's not just the assault you should be fearing. Her tone had become more severe as she spoke. Eleanor's first feeling was to reach out and shake her, but then she felt sorry for her. Eleanor shook her head, and instead of responding to her, she simply walked away. Anja and Eleanor stayed up most of the night, talking and sipping tea. They were both too worried to sleep. Anja was cautious about mind traveling. The, the Astor was still close, and she did not want to take unnecessary risks. Eleanor was thankful that her mother-in-law was home and she enjoyed her company. She relayed her encounter with Zuri. Which made the old older woman tiss. Will triumph over evil, and I pity the man she is destined to marry. Who is he, Anja? And why wouldn't Amzie want his sister to marry the person that is for her? The horse people are a strange group. I do not know that much about them. Igenbrook would only go to select horses to help with their own breeding group program. His stallion was a foal from one of their best mounts. Amzie is under her spell as well. "'I guess. "'Do not worry, Eleanor. "'The gods have their way of handling things. "'It will all work out. "'Just don't stop fighting for Merrick.' "'The seer could make out of and Anja, "'standing near the top of the trail, "'and he smiled for the first time in a long while. "'Finally, they'd made it to the Hidden Valley. "'Anja, it is so good to see you. "'Please, let me introduce Takeo leader of the Shakurta village. Anja took hold of her Takeo's hands and bowed her head slightly. It's an honor to meet you, Takeo,". It is an honor to meet you, Anja, he replied. She looked over at the large crowd, standing behind him. She was surprised that there were so many. You've saved a lot of people. How many are there? Takeo chuckled. I think the last count there was nearly one hundred. Not all are from my village. "'We have picked up a few that have been fleeing from the assault. "'Angie nodded and motioned them to follow her and Talit "'as they showed them the way to the valley. "'People from Merrick's community came to see the newcomers, "'welcoming them, welcoming them into their sanctuary. "'Angie had organised serenity to find temporary places for the newcomers, "'but she did not expect so many "'and ordered tents to be erected as temporary shelters.' This would have to suffice until Merrick returned and organised a more permanent solution. She ushered the seer, Ludwig and Takeo into her home, where Eleanor was waiting. She'd been busily preparing a meal for the hungry travellers. ''It is so good to see you, Eleanor,'' the seer said as he entered the kitchen. Eleanor bowed her head respectfully before embracing Ludwig and introducing herself to Takeo. Aromas of freshly baked bread baked food, food wafted through the house, and it did not take long before they were all seated and enjoying the food Eleanor had prepared. Angela excused herself so that she could ensure there was enough food for all the people that had arrived. She had a feeling that Serenity would need help. I'll be back later this evening. I did not think you would be here this early, and there is so much for so much for us to discuss. Anja said as she quickly left. The seer once again smiled. The fear he had felt earlier had almost gone and he began to relax. He watched Eleanor as she served the fee- food. You're with child, Nori. perhaps more than one. Lor blushed and glanced down at her stomach. The bump was getting bigger. She looked back at the seer and could feel his mind reading hers. It was an eerie feeling and she quickly looked away. Merrick has been cursed. The seer did not stop gazing at her. She did not answer him at first. She finished what she was doing and sat down. Takeo and Ludwig remained silent. Shall we offer a prayer to the gods for returning you all safely to us? Eleanor felt awkward, and the seer immediately began to say a prayer, releasing Eleanor from his scrutiny. They ate the meal chatting about the journey and the weather before Ludwig and Takeo said they would wash and change. Eleanor let them have her room as she would temporarily have Merrick's. The seer waited for her to finish gathering the spare tunics and trousers for them to change into before he beckoned her to follow him back into the kitchen. Dear child, you have suffered much emotional stress and I'm concerned about our leader. I'm not sure who's placed the curse, but I feel our enemy knows more about us than we do about them. Eleanor nodded. Forgive me, Eleanor, it is the only way to move through this. I know you have suffered like all of us, but time will help heal the wounds that have been opened. He, like all of us, have much to lose if we are not united, and it starts with our leaders. She could feel the sting of tears as she listened to the seer. "'and she quickly wiped them away. "'Do not cry, dear child. "'You must be strong. "'Your path has been set. "'You will be re- reunited with Merrick again "'once the curse is lifted, "'and you must not show weakness. This is what it feeds upon.' "'She looked up at the seer and offered him a smile, "'patted her gently. "'I must change and rest now. "'Please show me to Enger's room. "'We have a lot to discuss, her and I.' He softly chuckled as he followed Eleanor back out to the main room. Merrick strapped the stretcher to his big stallion and ordered some of his warriors to look for any signs of the assault. They had travelled all through the night before they found his sister, son and daughter. The horses were exhausted and Ulrich had not woken, forcing Merrick to make the decision to rest through the next day evening had settled itself as the sun left the sky. Ada poured her father a tea as they waited for the warrior's return. It had been a long time since she'd seen him and she had much to discuss. Papa, how is mother? I miss her terribly. Merrick clenched his jaw, choosing the words he wanted to say. Is something wrong? The gaze was intent and he shifted uncomfortably. She is well. Ada frowned. Something is not right, I can feel it. Merrick stood. I might go check on my men. They should have returned. I want to be leaving soon. Ada watched him go without trying to stop him. An uneasy feeling had descended upon her. They travelled through the night, stopping only when they had to. Merrick was determined to put as much distance between him and the Asaur as possible. He needed to get his son home. When the sun graced the sky the next morning, Ulrich began to stir. They stopped near a stream, filling their water skins as Ada checked on her brother. Kriya gave him some water as Merrick watched over him. Ulrich, Merrick bent down and whispered into his son's ear. It took Ulrich a moment to come to terms with where he was and that his father was next to him. Papa, is that you? Take it easy, son, we are taking you home. Ada checked Ulrich's wound and offered some dried meat. After he had finished food and taken another drink, they began their journey again. Merrick did not let his group rest. He was determined to be home by early evening. As they made their way up the rocky path that ascended Dorhill Pass, it soon became apparent that the stretcher would be too wide for the narrow path. Merrick halted his horse, contemplating on how he would get his son up to the top of the trail. Ulric had slipped into unconsciousness again. Merrick dismounted and gestured for two of his men to help untrap, unstrap his son. Be careful of his wound, Cree had come to help her brother and nephew. Cautiously, they hoisted Ulrich on top of Merrick's stallion. The horse pranced sideways, snorting as he adjusted to the unfamiliar weight. Merrick talked soothingly to the animal, calming him as the men tied Ulrich to the saddle. Ulrich hung draped over the saddle, his head drooping. Ada watched, concern etched on her face. Merrick nodded to one of his men to go and alert Anja. They had to get Ulrich to the valley as quickly as possible. Although it was not ideal having him carried this way, it was all they could do given the situation. Slowly, they made their way up the trail. Eleanor ran to the front of the camp when she heard that Merrick was making his way up the trail. Scouts had come to alert Anja, who, together with Talat, Mz, and Sabin, raced to where the trail tampered off to the hidden entrance. She waited halfway up the path, her heart racing. It had been so long since she had seen her children. The minutes ticked by, and she began to fidget, The sun had travelled higher up in the sky, blessing the earth below with its heat and rays of sunshine. Eleanor began to sweat. The day was beginning to warm up. She wiped her face with her hand and took a breath to calm her racing heart. As she waited, she saw movement up ahead. The shape of a man leading a big horse could be seen. People walked either side of him. She recognised Merrick, Freya and Ada. Anger Sabin, Emsi and Talit followed them, with the rest of the warriors bringing up the rear. She ran forward as she saw her son draped over Merrick's horse. Ulrich! Merrick brought the stallion to a halt. Eleanor touched her son. He felt cold and fear rose. What happened? Saul got to him. We have to get him to the healer, Merrick replied, as he took a step forward, continuing the path to serenity. Mother! Eleanor turned as she heard the familiar voice of her daughter. Ada! She embraced her. It had been a long time, and she thanked the gods that she had been brought back, unharmed. Tears began to spill down her face as she continued to hold Ada. Aye, Nori. She's home now. You can let her go, Sabin chuckled. Eleanor and Ada joined his laughter, and Eleanor released her daughter. Even though she had grave concerns for her son, she was overwhelmed that her daughter was home as well. Finally, they were all together again. They made their way to the camp, chatting and discussing about anything and everything that came to mind. Eleanor watched Merrick make his way to Serenity's home and silently said a prayer to the gods for Ulrich's recovery. Zuri was waiting with many of the camp's people. She strode up to Merrick, her face smiling, as she proceeded to kiss him. Merrick returned her embrace. Ada frowned, and Manny looked away at the bold show of affection. What's going on, mother? Ada turned to look at Eleanor. He's been cursed, Ada. Ada shook her head in disbelief. They may have come home, but it seemed not everything was the way it should be. So thank you for listening. I appreciate your time and truly am grateful. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe where you listen to all your favourite podcasts. Take care everyone and see you next week on The Story, the podcast where great stories are told. Bye for now.